Additional concepts of strength, cross-training, and proper nutrition aren't even addressed. And by nutrition, I'm not even suggesting diet. I mean, just hydrate up a bit since drinking three huge frozen margaritas the night before a match (laughs) isn't the best idea. (laughs) Welcome to Shankcast episode number 23. MJ. MJ MJ in the house. Welcome back. Sorry, we've had a little bit of a break, but we were traveling. We were in Costa Rica. What else have? Oh, and then we had babies. Yeah. And then two team <laughs> Not members. Not any had, of us. Yeah, yeah. Just the, pro- team, yeah. the, the production people who are actually doing everything to put us production out there. was <laughs> yep. producing. So congrats to Tyler and, and James, team members who have new baby daughters. So it's mm-hmm. exciting. Megan gets to hold them. Yes, that's my favorite part. I <laughs> uh, really quickly want to thank RafaFan01 on iTunes for reviewing the show. Rafa. Appreciate it, Rafa fan. Today we're going to be talking about excelling at league tennis. League tennis is tricky. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of garbage to navigate, a lot of politics, a lot of drama. And and this is a little bit different kind of take on it. This is from Jessica, a listener of the Shankcast. Jessica, thanks for, for writing us and, and giving us the topics to talk about. And Jessica... There, Jessica's my people. Like when I was teaching at a normal like club, there was like one or two Jessicas and everybody else was like just bought into the normal like drama and stuff. And so Jessica's out there kept me going uh, when I was in the club environment. So uh, you're not alone, Jessica, but I know sometimes it's lonely out there being super uh, passionate and, and driven. So Jessica wrote, this is a little bit longer, but I thought it was all really valuable context. So here's Jessica's message to us. As a recreational level player, we're obviously not playing to catch the eyes of college recruiting coaches, nor are we playing for the purpose of making money or making a career out of tennis. It's recreational. Most of us have jobs, spouses, kids, and other commitments. So understandably, we can't all be on the courts all the time. My question is, what type of level of commitment is warranted by a player's captain? Let's say a team with a very active league, such as a USTA league, and has a six or seven week schedule of weekly matches, most of my team will commit to the weekly one hour team lesson or like a team practice. However, for most of the team, that's as much tennis as they're putting in during the week. A one hour practice on Tuesday mornings and then a match on Thursday mornings. It's a bit disappointing to see some teammates not share the level of dedication to improvement. And in my opinion, if you have a one hour practice early in the week and then show up for your match not having picked up a racket until you take the court, for the five-minute warm-up with your opponents, losing the match is almost guaranteed. Additional concepts of strength, cross-training, and proper nutrition aren't even addressed. And by nutrition, I'm not even suggesting diet. I mean, just hydrate up a bit since drinking three huge frozen margaritas the night before a match <laughs> isn't the best idea. <laughs> so uh, true. <laughs> so that's kind of like question number one is like general like commitment. Uh, and so she says, what types of Uh, expectations for teammates on a club level team are considered within reason. Perhaps part of it is their tennis HOA. uh, And so on staff tennis teaching pros might feel a bit uncomfortable showing some tough love in their team lessons. And another uh, kind of subtopics Jessica has are uh, should teammates be asked to come up with personal tennis goals at the start of the season? Also what roles and responsibilities do the teaching pros have in the overall improvement and success of the team that they work with on a regular basis. And finally, 
She's asking about what about adult academies? Do they exist? And how do I find one? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So for me, Jessica is like the archetype of like the passionate, like driven tennis player kind of stuck in like a club environment where most people are showing up because it's fun. They get to socialize, they get to gossip, have the frozen margaritas. And it's a great, you know, it's a great um, activity to kind of put into your week. What are the, the first thoughts that go through your guys' heads, uh, Kevin and Megan? And let's start with what expectations should Jessica have for her teammates? Like what, what's reasonable to expect that her teammates actually invest as they try to play league tennis? Um, well, I think it depends upon the team environment that you want to create. Um, because there, I have coached <laughs> teams from all different styles and all different types. And you just kind of have to ask them, like, what are you looking for? There's the team that only plays the good players and they like make their pairings and then they stick with those pairings and they want a coach to help them find great pairings, um, to win. And then there's the teams that they just want to play everyone on the team the same number of times. And that's their goal. And so I think it's figuring out what kind of team you want your team to be as a captain and realizing that both come with consequences and upsides. Like the team that is going to be more on the serious side, they understand that if they're not performing, they're not going to play as much. Like all of that is great for probably winning more, going to nationals, going to sectionals, nationals, all of that kind of thing, giving you your best shot in, in the performance side. Uh, but you're not going to make a whole lot of extra friends. Um, because it's a specific group and there's, you know, it's just going in with like, this is how it's going to be. And then you just stick to the, the rules. Those are like the hardcore ladies. At yeah. The Seal team six. Yeah. yeah. So nobody cares about anybody. Else. Well, they say they don't care about anybody else's feelings. And but it's they like, do. Yeah, yeah, they for sure do. <laughs> but the, you know, those teams were playing three to four clinics a week, mm. you know? Um, and if you didn't show up for all the clinics, you didn't play mm. like that was one of the, you know, stipulations and then you have the other side which is much more social and you're going to make a lot more friends but you might not win as much and so I think it's I always used to when I used to teach a lot of captains and a lot of different um, like actual drills for teams and I would always say like at the beginning okay what is your goal for your team and if they were really on the, like, I want to win, I want to do everything I can to get to nationals, blah, 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 then I would help them maneuver that path. But if they were like, well, you know, everybody wants to play, I want to be the captain that everybody likes, you know, that kind of thing, then you got to go the other <laughs> way. Luck. So it's, uh, I think it's just determining it from the beginning <clears throat> and then setting ground, like kind of like ground rules, like these are the ground rules for my team. And over time, it might take a couple years, but over time, then they will kind of, the right type of people will start to be part of your team and kind of stick with you. Um, but I also think that I've seen people go so hardcore <laughs> the other way that they were just shunned. The social as well. way or the competitive way? No, the, the competitive, competitive way. Yeah. yeah. Um, where we had a team that went so far one side that, like she was like cutting people for 
like one girl was sick and couldn't come to practice and she cut her for three weeks. I mean, it was like (laughs) hardcore. So, you know, there's, I think there's, there's some going to the opposite side there as well. So I think the hard part about leaning more towards the competitive side of the spectrum is you have to, you have to, um, be open to the idea that you're not necessarily going to make a lot of friends. Right. Yeah. For you sure. have to have the right personality for it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You it's have gotta to. Be, it's like, got to be built in. If you're an obliger, you want to yeah. make everybody happy. Yeah, it's not it's an acquired not, yeah, skill no. that you're like, because yeah, I agree with Megan in the sense that you have to, it's like, um, like I, I, I appreciate the first part of her, um, her question. Um, I think though people feel when they're in the competitive track, they are playing for the Super Bowl. <laughs> they are playing for national. So I think the it's Super Bowl. Yeah, it is. And and so you look at the like the coach that the or the the person who's running the team, they put themselves in the position as like the coach and like, okay, when you're on the performance track and it's like, okay, I have standards and this and that and we're gonna practice this many times a week. And it's it's finding a good balance. But I mean and I think also realizing you're running it like a team in a sense you're not gonna necessarily develop a team in necessary one year it might take a couple yeah. years to really find the groove and then it's it's harsh because there's like there's recruiting going and there's on tryouts. There, yeah, tryouts just trading there's like yeah. you've been yeah, dumped off the trading. team and you found yeah, out from someone else crazy. but i mean it is it is very much like a competitive sport and i think a lot of um sometimes people in that position they like it because it's like they're looking for some avenue to compete at a high level when they never had a chance to compete at a high level before that um or if they did it's, it's another means of it so i think there is some very s- similar emotional feelings and needs for on the performance track that yeah they are playing for like a championship a national title um and so you get that same response of like yeah because like we were at the same club and yeah, I had a, a couple girls that, I mean, they were like, okay, Kevin, we're getting ready for blah, blah, blah. We've given you like three months in advance. Uh, we want to do like two or three team drills a week. We want it to be intense. And I mean, they wanted to work. They wanted to like, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I love those type of situations because that really fit kind it's of. It's pretty rare. Like, yeah. In a club um, environment. Yeah. But then we you also had quite a few though that yeah. were like that. But um, I mean, all those. And men's too. Yeah. Same thing with the men's. Like they were like. We want to, and I think a lot of the teams start as like the fun and then you have like the certain ones that are going to clinics every week and they're really trying to improve their own game. They taste a little bit of success and they're like, I want more of that at a higher level. And it just starts that, that taste or whatever they're looking for. It promotes them to go in that path of like finding the captain who's really serious about getting the nationals, uh, putting on the team. But at the, you know, at that like Megan was saying, there's a cost to that sometimes if, you know, you're not willing to do that. I also think um, that our person, mm-hmm. Kevin and I's personalities yielded towards the people who actually wanted to, like, be competitive yeah. and work hard, too. Um, I don't think neither one of us taught very mm. many. You uh, had a couple more to me. I was margarita groups. Yeah. Right. I was we didn't more, have as many. Yeah. I was like, like, if you could get me in a team drill, you had to be, like, yeah. really special uh, I would just like refuse people. I was like, nah, you're not going to have fun with me. I just knew it. I just knew my personality. Mine was just like, kind of weeded out yeah. <laughs> over time. It's me too. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I don't get the sense, just based on, uh, she doesn't say either way, but I don't get the sense that Jessica's actually the captain here. She says my, she talks about like how her team, she's disappointed in like no. her teammates' commitment and like how much effort they're putting in. So is, what's our advice to Jessica as being just a member of the team like realistically is there really anything that she can do here to influence the the culture of uh the team or is this just kind of it is become a captain no yeah become a captain number one and i think um for the like year that you're on this team play singles Hmm. like you can move up your ranking a lot better if you're playing you know higher singles um and a lot of teams are always looking for singles players and so I feel like after this season, then just try to captain your own team and then try to find people that have that same mentality Recruit. as you do. And a coach that's on the same track too. And so it's just that can make the um, team practices a lot of fun. And you don't always need a coach there. I think that's what the one thing that's misunderstood too. So you can have team practices without a coach. Like you can have where you play, like we used to have a lot of teams would play like round robin. Like I would just give them like, you play you, you play you, you play you, don't pay me, just go out and play. Because um, sometimes that was just as valuable in the sense of getting people to play around with each other and find teams that they really like to mesh with. And there's um, hybrids too, because I know mm-hmm. I had some situations where they'd be like, I want an hour and a half group drill, and then after the hour and a half, we're going to go play, yeah. and we're going to work on what we worked on in the drill. So, mm-hmm. um, But definitely, I think, yeah, becoming a captain and, and creating that culture mm-hmm. is going to be important, unless you, have, unless you feel like you have other members of your team that are feeling that same angst of like, you know, God, I wish we would do more. Um, and then generally, if you don't have enough, it's like you would probably recruit those people to your new team yeah. the next year. So it, or, it becomes Or, I mean, that. at least find them on your team to go hit with. Like, have yeah. extra practices just with them on the people on your team that actually want to. Yeah. Or start asking people on your team, hey, would you like to hit a little bit extra? Or, hey, would you like to play an extra match? Or, you know, whatever. Just getting them out there to play with you. Yeah. But it is interesting because the dynamics of the team. Like, if they're like the foo-foo, have fun team, and you're like well, we're going to go have margaritas and you guys are going to hit? Like, really? So you just never know. Um, but There's if only you, so much you can do, though. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Megan has a, has a great idea about kind of creating almost an environment inside environment. But I think long term, if you're really wanting to kind of um, have an environment you're, you're really excited about, it's, you're going to have to create it. It's, mm-hmm. Or find a person that's already created something like that and try to get on a team. But I definitely think creating it um, probably gives you would give you the the long term satisfaction you're looking for, but at some cost of like you're gonna have to work to recruit, mm-hmm. convince people, keep people on teams. Um, Captaining you know, is not it's easy. not easy. Yeah, it's and uh, it's a it's a definite. Um, you have to have a specific personality, and the the people who captain well captain like multiple teams, yeah. and they're successful at it, and they love the organization side of it, and they can walk that fine line of like being nice, but still like it's really hard being yeah. stern with this is how making and, things and it's happen. Like the buck stops with you, like yeah. When there's anything to complain about, that's it's coming, to, coming you. to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's gonna be complaints no matter what. Yeah, it's it doesn't just matter. Like, yeah, yeah. How you're gonna deal with it? 
But yeah, I really, I really like the suggestion of kind of branching out a little bit as maybe kind of an initial step. Like if Jessica feels iffy about forming her own team, she doesn't know if she wants to go the, the captain route and the predominant culture on the team she's on now is more the frozen margarita culture, then I think it's a nice way to kind of dip her toe in the water a little bit and talk to the one or two other teammates that she has maybe who are more on the competitive or serious like side of the spectrum and kind of maybe form, form their own little uh, sub practice or practices um, during the week. I think it's a great suggestion. And I wouldn't let that stop you in a sense of like, just like what Megan's saying, the more you improve, the more you start winning, the more you're going to attract the attention of people that probably are in that same kind of mindset of like, okay, I want to perform. And so I would definitely like make sure in the back of your mind, you don't let that get you down and you're like, Oh, there's no point in even trying or kind of going out to go out and continue to improve. Because again, the more you win, the more you're kind of like that player that people lean on other captains that are probably along that, that mindset that you have is going to probably be out there and go like, Hey, next year, would you like to maybe play for us? Um, Cause good captains are always recruiting. They're always mm-hmm. looking for better players. And so, um, it puts you in a great position of like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to be on your team because you're, you're potentially the, the type of team I would want to be on. And it sets you up for not, you know, next year you're just like, hey, yeah, I decided to be on this team. Now, there is some social politics about that that will go on, but definitely uh, comes yeah, with the, the territory. Comes with the territory. teams and creating, like all of that is yeah. just, I used to always tell any of the players that were with me that they could always blame me. Like I'd always be like, really just nice make me the bad guy, and <laughs> just always and blame Megan. That's really yeah, nice. Yeah, I would always be like, just just make me the bad guy and say that I told you to do blah blah blah. Yeah. Because then, as a captain, sometimes you get so much flack, anyways, yeah. and I didn't really care whether really they lose, wanted lose. to like hate me or not. So I was like, yeah, just tell them that I said to do whatever. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a hard position to be in. So let's let's say that either I, I didn't get the the feeling or the indication from Jessica's message, but let's say either she actually is the captain now, or she's like, you know what, I'm gonna start my own team and it's gonna be incredible, and she branches out and, and creates her own kind of culture and her own team. Real quickly, uh, before we move on to the next question, what types of expectations for teammates on a club level team are considered within reason? So let's say she is the captain. What do we all think is reasonable to expect from your players mm-hmm. in terms of commitment to practicing or training or improving themselves as as players? I think you, as a good captain, I think that um, you should poll your team and ask them, what kind of commitment could you... And then when it's coming from them... Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, the consensus is we're going to try to play two days a week, and this is our goal. For those of you who wanted to play three days a week, this is our option. For those of you, you know what I mean? And say, and then you start creating boundaries from there. If you just flat out are like... Is that kind of at odds, though, with like creating the culture you want to be a part of? You know what I'm no, saying? No, I like, don't think so, because you're leaning towards that direction. But what if half the team says frozen margaritas? Then you, well, you, you got the wrong... Re- you did a bad job of recruiting <laughs> I mean, you have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but in, if, 
if it's only the captain saying you have to play two days a week or you don't get to play that those captains just don't work very well. And, and over the years of seeing those types of captains, they get shunned more than they do. Mm -hmm. And I see them like fall off because other people are like, well, we want to be, have that commitment, but we don't like someone dictating it to us. And so if it comes from the team members and saying like, you know what, I can, I can commit to like, I want to commit to this and you can, you can start to kind of put stimulate, stimulate, stimulation, stipulations, (laughs) sorry, on, um, stimulate that. Yeah. Commitment. Uh So you can start to put (laughs) stipulations on like, okay, well, you know, this group of people wants to play three days a week. So James, please don't use that as the opener. (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad. That'd be kind of awkward. awkward. So stipulate. Yes. So hell, I forgot what I was going in. Okay. So those, like those people that wanted to play more, you know, you could start playing them, um, like, okay, well, they're playing more, so I'm going to start playing them at a higher positions and the people who de- dedicated to play less. And then you just kind of weed out from there. And I think that's always a good way to, like, walk the fine line when it's coming from other people rather than you always dictating. I think the coaches that just dictate find themselves in a rut. In the I end. agree with you in that sense, but and I so, think you go one so step. You, let me just ask you a quick question. And so if you don't get the answer you wanted by the poll is the answer then to rotate out players and like you're done recruit players that are more in sync with what you have. Yeah, for sure. But I think from the beginning, then you find out like, and then you start being known as the team that wants to go to nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and you know, and when you're recruiting, like be honest, like I want you to be on my team if you want to play and you want to just want to have fun. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And so that, but I always think it's better coming from them rather than the, the captain dictating. Yeah, I totally agree. I would go one step further and talk about the result you want as a team and use that as a, uh, a builder, like, like, okay, I'm trying to recruit a team together so we can make it to nationals and based on that we want to go to nationals i know other teams that have went to nationals practice two days a week is that going to be cool with you obviously and i think you have to be a little flexible it's like because people have families it's like i'm not saying every week we're going to practice two days a week but i would love for us to as a team practice two days a week and maybe you get a private lesson or a semi-private lesson i think it works best when hopefully if you have a lot of friends that are in that same and you create a really strong bond around not only doing the practices but the practices do have to be kind of fun because i mean it is work to, to get there but it's like fun work and <laughs> yeah that you like your environment you like your environment like so you need to really select a coach that can not only push you but motivate you in a, in a fun encouraging way i think that's really important um but i definitely think you you build your team around the results you want to get so there's no surprises when you know it's like hey look this is what we said we want to do. This is why we put this team together because either we want to make the, get to nationals or we really want to uh, like personally improve and we're constantly trying to push each other. Uh, find something that you can um, bring everybody together. Because I do agree, when you dictate and you tell people we're doing this, because and it becomes like, oh, well, you're telling me you're doing this compared yeah. to... It's just like the captain's yeah, goal. It's and like, yeah. uh, everybody okay. else is captive. Yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, hey, look, we're doing this because we want to go to nationals. And if you set that, I think, standard or that kind of theme about your team early, 
then it becomes really easy to manage like, okay, look, I understand you can't make it this week. Can you pick up an extra practice next week? Because we, we got regionals coming up. And right. remember and how we're trying to- And some people can't afford to do yeah. three or four practices a week either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like when I would see that happen, like the, there was a captain who would be like, okay, well, they did three practices a week, but there was a person on there who really wanted to play. They just could not afford three group drills a week. And so plus being on the team, yeah. plus all the team outfits, plus all the, you oh, know, the everything outfits. else that goes. <laughs> That. And so what they did was um, sh she made a deal with the captain it was like, hey, if I go out and I work on the ball machine and I work against the wall and I do the other stuff, yeah. can I still, you know, count that towards my time? And they were like, yeah, for sure, you know, and maneuvered around it. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be like it could be like one team practice together. Uh, go out and hit with another member of the team and play a set or hit right. cross courts. Something where it's constructive that this is planned, that you know this person's getting on the court more than just like one day a week. But I, I, I definitely think for me, it's the theme. It's the theme of like, why, just like Jessica started the question off with the theme of like, I want more. And that's, I think, how you start your recruiting about like, I want more. Or even if you started playing better and someone will come to you and go, don't you want to be like, you're really good. I'm sure you want to do more. And so I think it's really about finding that, that crystallizing theme or idea to build your team off of instead of just like dictating going, it's because I want to get to nationals and I need your butt to do some work. So I think a thread that I'm hearing kind of runs through everything is just the idea of, of, honesty and transparency and just kind of being up front about and i think a lot of players maybe aren't super honest with themselves frankly about what they really want because i think everybody like starts it off that way like we're not making our living doing this we're not trying to like get recruited to college team or whatever and so everybody kind of downplays like how badly um uh, or how seriously like they really actually take their tennis but I think a lot of club players aren't super honest with themselves about their level of commitment. That dark side that makes them want to win at any cost. <laughs> yeah. I want to yeah. feel But there's that. a lot of people that want to win, but they don't want to But they don't want to do the work. actually do what it takes to totally. make it happen. And so I think this is this is where it Megan you brought up the 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 whole idea several times now that it really takes a special person to take that leadership role because you have to navigate all of these personality and like relational and like psychological elements you got to pull out like what really is going on beneath the surface mm -hmm. when most of the people around you probably aren't going to give you a straight answer you're the psychologist you're the nutritionist yeah, you're, the, you're totally. the all of it it's tough so uh, let's move on to some of her other topics here the next one i'm curious what you guys think about this especially gold gold girl over here gold girl yeah <laughs> that's her superhero name i like that uh, what, oh, I'm sorry, should teammates be asked to come up with personal tennis goals at the start of the season with the idea that they should see what progress was made towards the end of the season? I know the kids within the junior program and academy are required to keep a tennis journal and also have goals, so the concept can't be too far off. <laughs> I like that, the way you yeah, asked that yeah, question. That was uh, I, was like, I channeled my inner Ron Burgundy there. <laughs> I think... Um, I think coming together as a consensus for like the entire team as a goal is really where it starts. And then you can kind of see from there um, individual goals. But I think as a team, it's really, I mean, I think all the, 
everybody has individual goals. Like I want to be a better tennis player, but whether it goes further than that for a lot of adults, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that a good, if you can find a good coach that you can say, okay, our team wants to go to nationals. We need help navigating that path. Then the coach can kind of help you along that journey and not necessarily like taking time to write down the goals, but actually helping you achieve your goal as a team. And then just reiterating, like Kevin was saying, like, remember our goal is to go to nationals and to make this happen. You know, our coach so-and-so told us that we need to do blah, 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 blah. So to be able to do that, we're going to try to do, you know, that kind of thing. And so you lean on a coach to help you with that progress. Yeah, I agree in the sense of with having a coach help you set out general goals. But there is a fine line, I think, with adult players that like life starts to step in and writing down stuff and extra stuff. They got the kids. It's really tough. But the other thing is I kind of go back to my first thing. If you've done your job with recruiting, a lot of the players have goals within their their they're driven. They're generally the type of player that's going to have a goal anyway. And that goal is being helped by the coach. So when you do show up in practice and the general goal is like, Hey, for this doubles team, I'm struggling with my serve. I want to improve my serve. The coach should be able to set out something and you or the person goes out and does some extra serving. But I think it's definitely, if you do a better job of recruiting based on the theme you want, then you're going to attract people that innately want to improve and have some sense of, it doesn't have to be written down, but have some sense of like, I want to get this better so I can be better so we can reach that goal together. There are very, very few, I can probably count on one hand, adults that I taught that we had written down goals. And, but we did have verbal goals. Like a ton, you know, I was, you know, goal girl. I'm all about the goals. So (laughs) I definitely would talk about, you know, like, what are your goals? What are you trying to reach? What are you looking for? You know, that kind of thing. And so I think verbally, it's always good. Um, And then I would always like hold them accountable and and myself accountable by, you know, this is what our goals are. This is what we're But that was you like a paid, like teach, you know, you're in a teacher, like coach role. But I think you need to find someone to help you navigate that with a team. I don't think any captain Captain is going to dictate goals. goals. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think other than saying like our Mm. goal is to try to get to nationals or our goal is to try Mm. to do sectionals this year you know or whatever like a big term like this is our overarching goal but i think going you need to work on your backhand it sucks you need to work on your serve you're double faulting you need to work like that and and is not going to be productive but i think yeah manner the the idea of coach like so like when i think about it when you talk about that when we used to, or at least when I used to, and I think you did the same thing. When the group comes to lessons, like our first five minutes is used generally a debrief. It's like, okay, so what happened this week? I played this and this and this. I struggle with this. Okay, what do you think about that? Did you see the same thing? And it's like, okay, so now our goal is to work on this so this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And so we always had like a five minute debrief about like, tell me about your doubles. Tell me about your singles. What happened? What did your partner see? What was your response? What were you thinking? And so it was this constant like like, things feedback thing of loop of like, okay, so we worked on that last week. Was that better? Oh, that was better. So what did they do next? And so it was constantly building on what happened. So you definitely need to find a coach who's going to draw out 
the um, the problems and issues. And you have to have players that are willing to stand because the nice thing of like when I did those drills, they were all into like, okay, we need to talk about what happened last week. Compared to, I think a lot of coaches just kind of like, okay, ladies, we're here. Get on the baseline. We're going to do three across, three right. across this way. Approach, come on, hit a volley, hit an overhead. Yeah. Okay, you're ready for that match next week. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, you just, you had a flashback. But they, everyone uh-huh. always has like specific <laughs> things. If you've played a match, you're going to have things that you struggled with. There are very few times that you play an entire match no. and you're like, well, that was just fantastic. Like everything was wonderful. You know, like there's going to be it's something. Every match I play. Yeah. Definitely not me. Um, there's going to be some scenario where, yeah. you know, people will be like, well, we did work on being aggressive like we worked on last week, but then they're lobbying us 24 yeah. seven. Now what yeah. do we do? And so then it, it really, I really loved that part of it because yeah. it was all about like, okay, now that you understand this, now we can work on this. And then it was good to see them develop that the way. Growth. Right. And the over growth. time, yeah. like, I mean, I had some ladies drills that we were three or four years where they went from, you know, just beginning two five and all the way up to four Oh. And I got to teach them the whole route. And it was, um, it was great to be able to kind of keep those scenarios going. But, um, I think it's really important to have a coach that you can trust in asking them those questions. And that's going to help you with those scenarios and not be like, okay, well, we'll work on some lobs today, but back to three across, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And that's hard. That's very difficult as well to Mm -hmm. find a a teaching pro that has that kind of mentality, like an actual growth or developmental like mentality about uh, team practices. And in fairness, most um, club or like league teams are more leaning towards the margarita side of the the spectrum. And so we talk about this a lot within the context of like private lessons. So I think most coaches are just kind of in that approach lob overhead kind of mentality and like, Hey, high five and like, go get them ladies. Like it's basically that. Nancy, just gave that you the was template. a great overhead. I just yeah. gave you the template right there for team practice. So, so it's not easy either. And that's the next t- topic. And we are, you guys kind of already talked about this a little bit. But she said, what roles, responsibilities do the teaching pros have to the overall improvement and success of teams that work with them on a regular basis? And she made an interesting comment here. She said, growing up as a soccer player, team captains displayed leadership and setting an example on the field, while the team coach had a much more involved role or responsibility. It seems like the roles are almost reversed in tennis. So it's, it sounds like where she plays, the team captain is kind of in charge of like the the overall direction or development of the team and the the coach is more of like the rah rah like go get them ladies kind of I think that's normal. Really? Yeah. I think I, that's a not lot was not, where I was. That's not weird. where I think the the not on the teams that are really like the ones we're talking about that yeah. really get in with a coach and find out like hey this is what happened how do we how do we work against this you know that kind of thing but i think in most cases for the margarita teams especially like it's it's all about the coach has to be raw raw because they want them to keep coming back just so um, make sure everybody has a good time right yeah. right and and a lot of those teams like they don't want a ton of instruction they want right. to run and they want that exercise. Get a good sweat exercise. in, hit a bunch of balls. Right, right. Yeah, right. How many, how, how how many, many steps do you get? You yeah, get? yeah. Check the, oh, check the you got bit. me and today. That's not, but that's not a bad thing. It's just a different, different goal. goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think it's it's important to kind of make that distinction. And I do think that 
the coach and the captain work together, but that you have to involve your players. The, and this is specific. I didn't teach as many men's. I only taught a couple men's, like 4-0 and 3-5 men's groups. But I taught more women's groups. And especially with women, women are so catty and so... She said it. Crazy sometimes. And so... Um, Kevin's not saying yeah, anything. Neither one of them. It's a lose-lose like, situation, yeah. Um, you have a, like a degree of separation here. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the... It's called the, the laptop. <laughs> but the biggest thing is like understanding that you have to involve your players and the more involved people feel, the more they feel like they're part of the team, the more they feel like they always have, they have a say too, then the more cohesive the team gets and the better the, the team is going to be. Um, if it's only the captain dictating, it's not going to be good. If it's only the coach trying to make everyone get in line, everybody it's they not going to be it. good yeah. either. It just won't come. Um, won't show up. Yeah, right. Probably. And so there has to be that, that really a lot of communication. And so I always used to tell the captains, your job is to just over communicate everything that you want for your team in a positive way. Like just over communicate it. Just be like, we want to go to nationals. We're super excited. Like, this is how we're going to get there. Like, let's all sit down with the coach and talk about how we're going to get there. Or let's, you know, here's the coach. Here's what the coach told me, like, and send it out to your team. You know, just over communicate as much as possible. And that's how you kind of get that cohesiveness. The more you try to finagle thing behind the scenes, the worse it gets. Um, but the more you're upfront, like this person just didn't feel like you guys meshed well, like let's figure out a different scenario. But the more you're like, well, this person didn't like playing with this person and this person didn't like playing this person and I'm going to make all of them fine and everything's going to work out. Like it just, it doesn't work. So I just think being very upfront, very transparent, there's still going to be drama, but yeah, I agree. There's still going to be drama, but at least it's out in the front, yeah. and it's not like yeah. everybody talking behind. Because that's how everybody leaves, and everybody hates the teams. And um, because they either feel like the captain's dominating, the coach is too dominating, they're too demanding, I'm well, not there's involved. Favoritisms, like there's like right. the captain's really good friends with so-and-so, right. and so-and-so always they seems get to get this, her way. Yeah, and so it's it's um, it just needs to be as transparent and and involving the players as much as possible. Because I think when people feel like they're part of a team, they want to feel like they're doing something within the team. They want to feel like they have some sort of say as well. They don't just want people just telling them, well, you're part of my team, but you're going to do what I tell you to do. It just doesn't work that way. All right, last topic here as we're our time frame is or time window is kind of uh, ticking to a close here. Interesting topic here. We've talked a little bit about this in, in po- past episodes of the Shankcast, but Jessica asks specifically, what about adult academies? In quotes, do they exist? How do I find one? Again, not because I have any expectation of going pro. I simply love the game of tennis and I take it seriously. I want to improve my game and hope to rise the ranks within my local tennis community we and so I, she didn't thing. say i don't know if she means like a whole summer or like uh right. you're or like a week or a weekend or what um but general thoughts we used to hold like academy <clears throat> adult academy days at our old academy um and everybody would come through and we what would kind like, of time frame was it it was like a three three hour 
Yeah, but it's not anything like consistent. I think. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever seen an uh, an adult academy just because. Let's I think just define what yeah, do we, I was what say do we the think the definition of academy, academy is yeah. like when we think of kids is like you set up you're set up on a program and you're coming so many hours a week consistently for a session to work on the goal of developing your game to a certain level. And how long is the session? A uh, session for us was like six weeks. It varies with different places, but generally there's a time frame where yours? you're. Uh, I worked at a country club, so they didn't have academy any like no. any junior clinics. I mean, it was basically year-round programming, adult, mm-hmm. junior. Oh, okay. I you didn't have no. like junior clinics too. Yeah, to well, like we had summer like programming sessions like, over and over. Yeah, and over. we had like the summer program, which is like. The babysitting because right. everybody's out of school, yeah. and then we had the normal school year. Yeah, programming. that's what we had too. That's all ours okay. was. Yeah, but it, they just signed up every six weeks. Like, so you, they signing. know gotcha. you're coming, and yeah, so you, it's like some level of commitment. And there's generally nothing like that. I think, in the sense of an adult academy, it comes down to adult having a drill that they go to, which doesn't necessarily lean towards like development. It's just kind of like going to hit some balls, get some sweat. Mm. Um, I think if you want something like that, you have to almost like develop yourself. You have to find a coach who's into developing you have to have a goal with that coach um and maybe you have a couple ladies that have that same goal and you you meet together consistently you have to almost create it uh there's just i think very rare situations where that i've seen that there's a built-in adult academy that's for the uh like a developmental developmental mindset mindset. Yeah, yeah you see a lot of adult drills for the mindset of like, I just want to hit some balls. I want to exercise. You know, you're free. You just want to hit some balls. But Maybe we should start one, guys. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, I think a lot of those. <laughs> is like, I, know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of those people come to our drills, like our clinics that we hold. And then they go you home. Mean, uh, essential tennis stuff? Yes. Yeah. And they go just home. Just kind of get the direction. And, and then they implement yeah. a lot of the stuff that they learn yeah. at our clinics. Because what they have at home isn't as serious as no. what they're looking for. And so I think that um, like Jessica is a perfect candidate to come to a clinic and then you be like. you your first academy soon, Jessica. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Um, to come to like a doubles or singles clinic that's focused specifically on what they want to do for those two days or a week or whatever they decide to do. And then they go home and because we give them like an action plan and things to work on once they get home, they can share that with their teammates and share that with, um, you know, whoever is their doubles partner. I just had this conversation with a girl through email that's coming to our doubles clinic and, She's like, how do I help my partner that can't make the date? And so I was like, you know, all the information that we give you, you want to share with them, like share what you learn and share the experience when you get home. And that's how you become a, a better team together. Yeah. And so I think and that's, that's how you can become a great captain as well. If you t- take the lead to develop yourself, then it's easier to kind of be in that role. I think back at home, uh, if people, if your players see you leading by example, not that you go home and like dictate, oh, I just learned this, so we're doing this drill, and you need to do sprints and you know whatever it is. But if your your teammates see you developing yourself and working hard and going outside your comfort zone, I think it's a lot easier to be in kind of a, a leadership role. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of people out there just staying in their comfort zone, and and that's fine. You know, that's fine if that's what the goals are of the group, just to have fun. Then that's great, but. There's a lot of players out there like Jessica that that feel kind of trapped, I think, 
and they don't really see the clear path to being surrounded by other like-minded players because depending on the club or the area that you're in, there just might not be a lot of them. So it's an interesting topic. Any other final uh, thoughts, advice for Jessica? Come Hang join. in there, Jessica. Come, come and do a clinic with us, Jessica. Yeah, You'd be have, surrounded by like-minded. I think that's that's one of our biggest things is all of our I love the people that clinics. come work with yeah. us because yeah. they are. They're like Jessica. They're all, and they're all the same mentality. Like we could have a 4-0 working with a 3-0 and there is absolutely no yeah. issues because everyone has the same mentality of learning and wanting to develop and they're not like, well, I'm going to hit harder than you today and I'm going to win the round. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so it's it's a it's a completely different environment than yeah. I think most clinics or clubs that you would attend. Yeah. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for your question. Thank you for your passion for the game. Hopefully, we gave you some things to think about and some actionable steps that you can take to get some more fulfillment out of the game. I I totally empathize with with where you're at. And uh, I know Kevin Megan do as well. And we're going to keep working hard to provide you with, with resources to help you take charge of your own development and, and move in, in the right direction. And hopefully you can find some people around you that, yeah. that will help mm-hmm. you uh, feel like you're not alone yeah. out there. That's the key. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on the Shanecast.